Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Movie Quest podcast. It's not special because we've got a guest. It's not special because our good old boy, young old boy, is on holiday. And it's special because it's my birthday. If this is your first time... Listen to the Movie Quest podcast. It's not always my birthday. My name's Aaron, by the way. I'm one of the hosts. Um, we usually watch a film that's related to a theme and we talk about it. But this time, this time it is special because we all went to see A Quiet Place 2. Or part two. A Quiet Place part two? Quiet Place 2? I'm completely Quiet up. Place number two. Number two. Part two. <laughs> it's, part, it's part two. It's part two. It's part two of... Another one, which is the one that came before it. It's a film written by John Krasansky. Anyway, if you have opinions on this film, you can follow us on Instagram at the Movie Quest, or, or you can email us at podcast at themoviequest.com. Maybe you don't have opinions on this film. Maybe you've got opinions on other films. Well, you know what? We need to hear those opinions because... We would like to tell you that your opinions are correct or wrong. I don't know. Just email us or message us on there and we'll, you know, talk about whatever you have to say because you're important. Your house is Somebody messages this week to say that we haven't got any audio on an episode. Oh, they did. Um, yeah, I guess uh, let's talk about that. Um, sorry, we put out an episode. The last episode that we put out was broken. That was my fault. Um, I had accidentally muted everyone else. And not double checked it, and then we released it. No one else double checked it either, so no everyone got an episode just a bite. And um, so I'm going to announce the the hosts for this week. So you heard a familiar voice before, which was uh, our good friend, good young old friend Johnny. We've uh, also uh, got a returning guest um, who's featured. Uh, you know, he's featured a little bit. Uh, Jamie, hello, Jamie. Hello. Uh, listeners, Jamie, um, if you don't know or didn't, maybe you didn't listen to the episode, we know Jamie from university. We know Jamie because he was in a band. Oh, this is officially the Isle of Colour episode because Ant's not here. I think it is. Well, yeah, it's more of an Isle of Colour episode than. Yeah, yeah there's, you know. Oh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's a bit, of, yeah, there's a few more members. No, but Ant's like creative director, isn't Yeah, he? he is. Well, he's basically creative director. Number one. Isle of Colour. Yeah. Um, is this an. Uh, podcast where we just talk about our band and then no no, no i'm joking yeah. you spent quite we, a while on it a couple of weeks ago and yeah, Tommy was on. <laughs> yeah, it's true. oh we live in all trust me and when we have like the aloe color episode the uh, the reunion episode on the podcast <laughs> um that'll be a barrel of laughs <laughs> speaking of laughs <laughs> um i've got no films to talk about on what have you been watching so there's that. Have you guys been watching any films? Because I haven't. I I've seen a film. You've seen a film. I've seen a film over the past few weeks. Yes. Um. So the film I've seen is probably one that most people have seen, called The Big Short. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Oh yeah. So it's about how bankers in America in 2007 caused um, the start of the financial crash by betting against the American housing market. Um, yeah, and it's the story of all the various different players um, within that and how 
their part was played, it's quite interesting. It's a little bit tricky to follow exactly how it all kind of happened. Mm. I understand some of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite a good film. And I think, um, especially with like people betting or not bet, I say betting, um, putting stocks on like mm. things GMA. on Reddit at the minute. Yeah, and all that, all that type of stuff. It's interesting to see the inner workings of Wall Street and how corrupt it can be, and how greedy it can be, and also how people make money through um, terrible means to the detriment of the co- the general public. Yeah, is like I guess it's probably that's probably why it's had sort of a, a resurgence. When I I first watched this, like it had like it boasts got quite a big cast. It's got quite a good cast because it's got. Um, yeah. Michael Scott, he's not actually Michael Scott. It's Scott. Steve Carell. The guy from Drive. Ryan Gosling. Um, yeah. It's got, uh, I'm sure it's got like, it's got loads of people, doesn't it? Like, Benjamin, got Batman Benjamin Button. Batman. Batman's in it. Yeah, he is in it. Um, Christian Bale. Uh, yeah, so it's got quite, it boasts of like, you know, obviously I, I assume the reason it had like a stellar cast is either the director, who I can't remember who directed it, or because... It was quite an important moment, I guess, for like America. Is that yeah. uh, financially? Directed by, by Adam McKay, who is known for Anchorman, Step Brothers, and uh, Talladega Nights. Oh. It's like it's kind of a bit of a step away from yeah, those genres. films, which are, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it is. It is sort of funny. Yeah, like yeah, it is, is it Margot Robbie and Anthony Bourdain? Yeah, like they're doing those little funny explanations. Yeah, but yeah, I, I see. I, I really, I, I bounced off it. I didn't really vibe off it. Genuinely, like I, I thought going in, I was gonna really like it and really enjoy. You know, there's a lot of actors and actresses in it that I, I know that I like, and even in sort of their lesser films, I still quite enjoy. But this one just didn't land in maybe the way that it should have done. But like, I. So, what would you prefer, this or Wolf of Wall Street? I think Wolf of Wall Street is funnier. Yeah. And I think it has better scenes. I like. I don't know. I guess it's just, it's weird. It's just weird. Wolf of Wall Street. Like I did. I I definitely vibed off it. But more more recently, like I guess, would I watch Wolf of Wall Street now? Because I feel like it would just really rub me up the wrong way. The idea of like the stock market infuriates me. Like just the whole existence of it. it, it its existence does my nut in. So I guess why? why? I just don't people should. Well, for the big short, for reasons of the big short, like people shouldn't hold that much power mm. over my job and my life. Um, unfortunately, they do um, because that's the way the system is. It's it's a similar sort of feeling, a little bit less uh, sinister maybe, but like at the end of Dark Waters, where you're just like, man, these people are so rich they can just get away with anything. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it's actually kind of, it's a little bit scary. Like, it's a little bit scary that like you can crash the house, crash the housing market, and people will just lose their homes. Yes. And they'll get away with it. Like that's, yeah. It's it's it's, it's like a mixture of scary and infuriating, isn't it? It doesn't sit right with me. So, like, I think if I was to watch, like, like Jimmy was saying, like, if I was to watch this again, and especially Wolf of Wall Street, I think I would just, 
it's like when I watch like Question Time. Like, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, ugh, like, shut up, shut up, just shut up. I don't want to listen to you talk anymore. La, 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 you're a politician. You suck. Like, do your job instead of being on this stupid chat show and talking about it. I know that that's beside the point of question time as, you know, people, actual people get to ask them the questions. So that's, that's like a good thing. But I end up just getting really angry. Um, and it's the same with start the stock market. Like, there's... Uh, someone I used to work with used to talk about it all the time, and like honestly, it's like nails on a uh, on a what a board? What's it called? A chalkboard? Can't handle it. Anyway, wow. Okay, <laughs> didn't mean to get <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, Feel like we've uh, hit nerves there. I know. Um, I also think it came out around the same time as the what's the one about the newspaper. Uh, or the, the spotlight, yeah, spotlight, and spotlight just yeah. really, really was really, really, really good, and I didn't think the the big a big short was as good. As yeah, but like the, I think the thing with like the big short, not to harp on about it, but like it exposes wrongdoing. Yes, uh, and there is there's no recompense, whereas spotlight exposes wrongdoing. And I think there's some recompense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like there's more of an outcry of rage, and people do actually get sent to prison and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with with that, it doesn't. But anyway, anyway. let's not dwell on that anymore. Jamie, have you got uh, anything you'd like to share with us? Uh, I've watched a couple of things. Uh, so I had my first experience of Sicario, which I've heard you guys talk about before uh very highly um so i just thought i'd uh dive into that it was um pretty intense <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, yeah. A, um, that's a good word to describe it there's a uh, bit where a helicopter is flying down the wall and like he literally does the same like on the music and it does it like 12 times or something but it yeah. like You'd think it would get boring, but it just like like oh, it just gets yeah. more and more intense. It's um, really good. Yeah, it's really really good, really really good. Um, like you sort of knew what the the twist was gonna be, but it like but it still was just like oh flip, like um, yeah. You just remind us what the main premise of the film is. Um, so it's an FBI agent who is I think is it Emily Blunt? Yeah, it's Emily Blunt. She's in. Uh, Quite place, um, and uh, she gets put onto this secretive like CIA team, um, who are working to bring down a drug cartel in Mexico. Um, but the thing you find out sort of near the end uh, is that the they're doing it by using a, a hitman from a rival cartel, um, from Colombia, and it turns out that the CIA are trying to. Uh, rather than have lots of rival cartels, they're just trying to take out the boss of this big one so that they all have a fight and then they can form it into one that the CIA controls so they control mm-hmm. drug flow in and out. And then this FBI agent um, disagrees and tries to stop it and she finds out over the course of the film and, the, yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's a bit of a rip-roaring adventure. Um, it's good, yeah. It's just super intense. It's really good. You You sort of... The first scene, I think, is like bodies in body bags 
in a wall. It's not the first scene, but it's pretty early on. And it's mm. pretty, so there's some pretty grim stuff you see. Um, or if, even if it on screen, it's not grim, like the thought of it is horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, really good. Um, sort of stayed in my mind for a day or two. I was thinking about it afterwards. Um, have you seen, have you seen like any of Dennis, uh, is it Felenvu? He's like, I mean, he's my favorite director, and I still can't say his name. How bad is that? Um, so like but have you seen Arrival? I've not seen that. No. You should watch Arrival. Like, Arrival. it has the same sort of intenseness, I guess, but like on a completely different like subject. I think um, he also did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He's just a great. Actor. He's just really. Ah, uh, I've seen that. Yeah. And prisoners. Pris- prisoners, have you seen prisoners? Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would love it if he did do a Harry Potter, though. Um, I would be game for that. Uh, no, prisoners is about the kidnapping of two little girls. Or was it a little girl, or a boy? Yeah, with Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Hugh Grant. Jackman. Hugh Grant. Hugh <laughs> Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Give me back my child. Uh, no, anyway, yeah. So, what else? What else have you seen? Uh, and I watched Super Eight. Oh, I've not seen that in years. You know, like actually years. It, it, I can't remember if it was good or not. Is it good? I re- I quite enjoyed it. Spielberg. If you if you're prepared to enter into a sort of, it's essentially another ET. Like if yeah yeah if you're prepared to enter into that because it's Spielberg isn't it like. Spielberg and JJ, so you've got a yeah, lot of that sort of Abrams. lens flare and explosions and <laughs> yeah. all the classic JJ stuff. But I do remember it being very pretty, and yeah. I remember sort yeah. of like like coming away thinking like, oh uh, yeah, like like light. It was like a light, sort <laughs> yeah, of nice film. I guess it's, that's Spielberg doing it. It's like a Stranger Things vibe mixed with ET. Like that's okay. that's how I describe it. Um, it's like because you've got all the kids running around trying to save the town and like then the army gets involved and there's an alien and it's all just like what's going on uh, and so the kids what, they find like an alien or something so they're they're trying to film a, a little f- movie uh yeah. for one of the kids school projects and then they go to an abandoned train station and then well it's not abandoned but it's just a quiet one late at night but then this freight train goes past and a car deliberately crashes into the freight train to derail it. Uh, and the freight train's carrying an, an alien that's trying to get oh, free. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it gets, you know, it's running around town and killing people. and But all it's trying to do is get home, like E.T. Um, Absolutely. And then the kids figure that out, obviously, and help it. Yeah, it's really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, sort of like, yeah, if you want a fun one, you can watch it with your... Your partners, um, unlike Sicario, I'd say. Um, but yeah, it's I really enjoyed it. Top notch. I I remember watching it. Uh, I think Charmwood, and there's a scene in it where there's a, a train crash. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like one of the main scenes. And and um, I had I had it up fairly loud, but that train crash in particular was so yeah. so loud. And I think John came down and he's like, Can you turn this down? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's a good film. Uh from from memory. I think yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. 
I think um, I watched. Have you, neither of you guys have been watching Castlevania, have you? No. Nope. No. Oh, well, the final season of Castlevania aired on Netflix, and I watched the end of that. And it's a really good animated TV program about a computer game that came out in like the 90s, I think, or maybe 80s. Um, but they turned it into a TV program. It's about vampires and vampire hunters. Uh, Jamie, you should watch it. I think it's right up your street, to be honest. Like, genuinely. Like, it's really well animated, really well acted. Like, it stays true to, like, the Castlevania lore. Um, it's really dark and gory. <laughs> Does it require any previous knowledge? No, 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 no. It, uh, it goes in pretty, like, you know, educational at the start. I've played various versions of Castlevania growing up. That's my sort of favorite type of game is Metroidvania games, if people know what that is. It's where, like, it starts off on, like, so you've got, like, a map, and you can only unlock certain bits of the map as you unlock certain perks or items. And then, like, uh, yeah, no, Pokemon, you can just go, can't you? you can no, just... you got to get cut and surf and strength. And... Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Not quite, not quite <laughs> not like quite, that. Not quite, not quite. A lot more difficult. Um, But anyway, yeah, Castlevania, you should watch that. I just wanted to get that in. I sent, like, because it's a Netflix anime, isn't it? Yes. I've just they, not watched any Netflix animes because I'm always like, mm. You would be right to do so. I've watched, what have I watched? I watched that and then I tried watching Dota, but it sucked. Ugh. So I, I bowed out in the first episode. Um, and, and they never really looked good. I think I only watched yeah. it because it was Castlevania, but genuinely, this is great. And like, it's, People I know that have watched it, like everyone has really, really enjoyed it, and it, I think it ends pretty well. They're gonna do like a spin-off, I think. But um, the first season, obviously, once it they figured out that it was successful, they pumped a lot more money into it, so the animation yeah. gets like a lot, lot better. Yeah. Um, it's got like pretty big actors in it and stuff, so I would, I would say. I mean, I've still Girl. not watched season four of Attack on Titan, so I think that's probably gonna. Oh, that's so much more important. Go watch Attack on Titan. What are you doing? Like, just, just get like a free week of Crunchyroll yeah, or something. That's what I did. I did. I got Funimation for like, I think PlayStation were doing an offer where you get like two months for free or something. Nice. So I just like went and watched yeah. it all within a week. Oh, incredible. Yeah, we watch anime. <laughs> So, it's quiet. You can't make any noises. Because if you made a noise, the big scary monsters would come get you. A Quiet Place, a Quiet Place Part 2, we're going to talk about that. But Jamie, before we get to that, you've never seen A Quiet Place 1, Part 1, right? No, Johnny said, do you want to go to cinema and watch Quiet Place 2? And I was like, sure, I'll watch Quiet Place 1, Quiet Place 1 first and then get back to you. Okay, well, let's, before we, like, do that, should we just sort of do a quick synopsis about A Quiet Place? One. Yes. Part one. Part one. Uh, so, oh, what's his name on The Office? John Jim, Cousins. Jim from The Office, Jim from The Office, um, ditched Pam and got married to Emily Blunt 
and then decided to cast Emily Blunt in a film and cast himself in a film about family. But not the kind of family that's like Fast and Furious, the kind of family that can't say anything because the world has been taken over by giant sound monsters that if you make a noise, they'll come kill you, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the premise of A Quiet Place 1. So the yeah. monsters have already invaded and um, basically Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. Krasinski? Krasinski. Krasinski. Uh, I'm just going to say Jim from The Office. So Jim and his wife, Emily Blunt, not Pam, had basically set up shop in like a sort of farm place and they'd like sort of made all these different things to sort of accommodize, accommodate, accommodize, accommodate, to accommodate, to acclimatize, I don't know. Basically to, to, to make their lives easier because without, to basically like live in a world where there's no sound, right? And then what happens is Emily Blunt's character gets pregnant, which obviously, you know, giving birth in a world where you can't make any noise, um, it's quite difficult. Um, and essentially, I don't know, I'm spit, what, what happens in this film? I can't the, the, uh, so the f- I'd say the first half of the film is them kind of just trying to survive, basically create different ways of not making any sounds. So the footpaths between places are covered in sand. Oh yeah. So that they don't like crankle, crinkle, crankle, make any crinkly sounds with <laughs> their feet on like leaves and stuff like that. Um, they. What other things do they do, Jamie, to make things extra quiet? Uh, like they have like little bunkers that they go down like to oh, yeah. eat in or I think. Um, yeah, that's right. They have like a little, in this show, sort of their like little uh, barn. Oh, yeah. they on in their old house, they have like on the floor, they have like painted mark yeah. bits on the floor where there's yeah. no creeks, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't eat with, they don't use cutlery. They just eat with their hands. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, the daughter's shoes. The daughter's deaf. Yeah, the daughter's deaf. Yeah. Um, so they all of them speak in sign language, which mm-hmm. also is super helpful in a world where you need to communicate, but you can't use actual yeah. words. Yeah, yeah. That's I like that. I like that touch. Yeah, it's really so. good. Um, and then once they sort of established that, what happens is the second half of the film is basically them being hunted by the signed creatures, isn't it? It starts with two things, really. It, it shows you that Emily Blunt is pregnant, um, but then it it, the, it shows you a nail on some stairs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, the the, and you're just like, and I think that's one of the things I loved about it was that it showed you certain things, and you just it gave you that dread because you knew. So every time someone went up and down the stairs, you're just like, oh, it's gonna happen now. It's gonna happen now. But then inevitably, like, it, it waits till everybody's away from the house and she's by herself hmm. um, for it to stand on the nail. And yeah. obviously when you stand on the nail and it goes an inch deep into your heel. <laughs> uh, you know, with it. the added weight of a baby as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Just And at that point as well, she's having contractions, isn't it? So, the, oh, the, yeah. the, so essentially, like, the when she's sort of giving birth, like, she stood in the nail and it's just this... Basically, the John and his team do tension very, very well, and it's really nice because the start of this film is very like, you know, setting the world up and sort of like this is how they live, and then suddenly like they 
sort of introduced the sort of horror aspect to it where like very slowly i would say um other than the fact that like their son got eaten right at the start and then there's this whole like big tension bit isn't it because john's off trying to save the two children emily blunt is on her own and she's given birth in the house and obviously these sign creatures are sort of coming to Mm -hmm. you know get it anyway she goes to the the bathroom to sort of give birth and then the bath yeah the bath yeah and then john and then the the birth is covered because of uh, what you were saying about them adapting to the uh to the situation they have set up loads of like things like fireworks and oh yeah stuff like that so he's john sends his kid to set the fireworks off who then obviously gets chased by a thing sets the fireworks off just as she starts to scream yes oh man that was so tense and yeah. then oh, so she's like screaming in time with the fireworks yeah she? yeah yeah like when she's trying to give birth yeah when the monster's like literally outside the bathroom she's lying in the bath and then just as she's can't hold it in anymore like loads of fireworks go off and obviously make a right racket and the creature runs off and then you see her start screaming but obviously the fireworks distract yeah. um, um and john ends up like sacrificing himself to save his kids doesn't he like yeah, which is really his like final, final moment where it's like either his kids get eaten or he has to do something, and then you hear him like just go, it, like shout, and then it's like this heroic moment where he takes I've, the. I've seen it twice, and I watched it recently, sort of in the past year, and both times the way he screams is <laughs> just so funny. Yeah, it's like yeah. the weird face is like. Like it just pulls this like weird fit. I mean, it's re- like it's really this like heartfelt emotional moment where like because him and the daughter have been sort of fighting all the way through because they're like really similar, and then he sort of like does the sort of um, sign language to like I love you, like you know whatever, and then he like does it and he basically sacrifices himself to. What's he say weird as well? Because what is it like day four hundred or something that he dies on? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they spent a year not really talking apart from whispers or when they go to that waterfall um, yeah which is really cool really cool scene um but yeah like imagine just then going from that to just screaming yeah like as loud as you can like that'd be so weird that'd be crazy it'd be so weird wouldn't it mm. and then That's probably why it sounded so weird yeah yeah and why his face and why pull, like, pull the word face I need you to, well, I must have just been like, well, why would I do this? Whatever. But um, So then the family all congregate in the house. And the whole way through the film, the 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 daughter who's deaf has basically been trying to get like a hearing aid to work. Mm. And then they figure out that like a high-pitched sort of frequency within the hearing aid actually just like messes with the sign creature's heads. Yeah. It like makes yeah. them like just like distort or whatever, or like it opens up like uh, it exposes their hard exterior, so then you can shoot them in the head with a shotgun and it'll blow it up, like blow the head apart. Yeah. So, so up until now, they've not known how to kill yeah monsters, and then like this thing kind of just yeah changes the game a bit. Changes the game, and then the film ends. What I wanted to talk about was the most um, the things about the film that were really cool was like. How the signed team played with signs, you know, you, you mentioned the waterfall where like <clears throat> they could go and they could mask their, their, you know, chatting, they could chat behind the waterfall and, um, and then obviously like they, they played a lot with like the, the daughters like hearing and like the sort of switched in and out of like hearing signs and not hearing signs. And then, 
Um, I think they used the score quite interestingly as well to sort of like make you feel certain things like that when he dies, like it's not some sort of like big sort of, you know, rush of whatever. He has this like really nice, his John Crescenti's like theme is like this lovely little piano theme. It's like his, his, him and his daughter have this like theme together Mm. and it plays that when he sort of gets killed and it's, it's more, it's more beautiful than it is like a triumphant moment that he's just saved whatever. And it's just, it's reflective is the word I'm looking for. Um, and then obviously the tension stuff, they play with tension so well, like, will they, won't they, as you said about the nail and things like that. And this film, I, I personally think this film is like as close to, you know, it's like a 9.9 out of 10 for me. Like I, I really, really, enjoyed this film and then Heather and I watched it again recently and we were like it's still a very good film like he's created this masterpiece um, and the way he plays with like tension and also like the family sort of the relationship with the characters is really cool and really nice Um, I think it's like a really well rounded film I think there's something in it for for most people yeah yeah Um, absolutely and even though it is probably falls into the horror genre like a lot of like the actual elements where there is a um an alien sort of creature uh is quite limited there's maybe only a minute or two where the creature's there a lot of it is about how they survive in this unusual circ in mm. like these unusual circumstances and sort of the ingenuity to survive yeah and also just like the family dynamic as well. Like I easily watched this with Sarah and she was keen to see the second one. So, uh, we'll get, Jamie, we'll get to you in a minute because I do have a question for you. But Johnny, this is something yeah. that I sort of, when, I, when it was announced that there was going to be a second one, I was like, hmm, hmm, did there, does, does there need, does there need to be one? Like, does it, did, you know, and that, like, how did you feel, like, thinking about it? Like, how did you feel about yeah. the, the announcement of a second one? I was, I was kind of like, I, I, I wasn't too bothered, really, if there was a second one. I, I was under the impression that it was probably, like, the title was probably bought by some other producer for cheap, and they were just going to do, like, make a quick book and turn it around and just put out some trash, but I didn't like fully realized at the time that it was like the same sort of team who well originally uh he wasn't really gonna so there was gonna be a quiet place two uh, and there is gonna be a quiet place three um but originally he wasn't gonna be involved with it but then once he started sort of like getting back into that world again like he found that he wanted to do it so he continued he wrote he ended up writing it um but he wasn't supposed to um, hmm. Which uh, I kind of hope happens with number three, but I don't. I don't think it will. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, once I found out that he was sort of involved, I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm happy with that because it's his story and he can do whatever he wants with it. And maybe there's probably more to tell because I felt it's weird. Like I kind of felt the same. That why I was linked with this is like there's a game called The Last of Us. And then they announced like a Last of Us two, and I thought that the Last of Us ended very sort of po- post apocalyptic, so sort of similar vibes ish. Um, and I was like, did they really need to do that? And then I ended up playing it and being like, okay, yeah, there was more to sort of tell about those characters, and mm. and I, I was hoping that you know, with a quiet place, you was sort of hoping and believing that this 
um, was going to be the same. But Jamie, obviously you didn't have that experience because you knew there was going to be number two. You hadn't watched number one. So how did you feel going into number two? Um, yeah, I think because one finishes and you'd be happy with it, wouldn't you? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I think uh, it's a bit of a shame actually because I, because I knew that there was a two, like, mm. and because I knew, you know, I'd seen posters and things that like it's got the same people in it. Like, I, I sort of that made it less of a good ending to one. Like, it was still really happy, but because I knew I was going to continue, I was just like, I just want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, but I, you know, I was excited for it. Like, I thought, you know, if it's anything, anything like the first one, then it would be worth watching. Did you know about um, John's character? Because obviously, you didn't watch any of the trailers for it, did you? Oh, I don't know why you would have. Uh, no. That's good. Because that, that would have, like... Because obviously, the trailers, they do a good job. I think, genuinely, I think they do a good job of, like, n- not showing that he had get, died in the first one. But, um, like, because I only watched one trailer... So there might there might have been more which had more spoilers, um, but anyway, number two. So I'm just, I'm actually gonna read in a synopsis for this one instead of just like botching my way through, like uh, whatever. So it was released uh, this month. It's one of the first uh, films back in the cinema after one of the most recent lockdowns. So everyone was sort of I think ready for it. Uh, following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. So this film stars a lot of the same people from the first one, but it also stars Cillian, Cillian Murphy from Ireland. Uh, so Cillian Murphy is known for... Is it Peaky Blinders? Is it? I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, I've seen like... Films where he was in when he was like when it was like Irish films. Scarecrow and Batman. Oh, is this? Yeah, Scarecrow and Batman. Yeah. Sunshine. Um, Sunshine. Yeah. 20, 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. 28 Days Later. Flip. You just are completely. Oh, so. You know, How could you forget the, the full frontal scene? Aaron? Oh, but I, that is mostly the, you know, the bit where the blood goes into yeah, the other yeah, guy's yeah. eye and he goes, like, Get away from me. Get away. Get away. <laughs> um. Cecilia Murphy, like, I, I rate him as an actor, so I was kind of, I was happy to see him in this. And he's definitely got, right, so again, neither of you have played The Last of Us. So maybe, have you played The Last of Us? I'm currently playing through Last of Us 2 at the minute. Oh. So I'm about five hours in. Do you not think that, like, Cillian Murphy has, like, Joel vibes? Like, proper Joel vibes? Yeah, with, the, like, the sugar hat and stuff. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, they're doing no time for this. Get away from me. Like, duh, all hope is lost. <laughs> Elliot. Elliot. Um, um, <laughs> like, he just get he's proper like, I don't know, I feel like they, they played or watched The Last of Us. Um, and I think any post-apocalyptic, you know, movie or game or whatever should um, take influence from probably one of the best um, games of all time to do that and i would argue that again like i bet you that uh you know number two of the uh the last of us took tropes from a quiet place because both of them do post-apocalyptic very well 
So, yes, the Abbott family continuing on. Um, it basically it starts right where it left off. Like it's like a continuation from from number one, and they they escape, don't they? Um, and meet Cillian pretty much straight away. Oh no, the start of the films. No, the start of the film actually goes back it, in time. It goes back in time and it introduces Cillian Murphy's character as one of the town folk. I loved that. That was cool. I really enjoyed all of that. That was great. Like that was a really nice like sort of introduction to how like the world fell apart, but only like small, you know what I mean? Like it was only in that little town. You didn't really get like the rest of the world. And I thought yeah. that was, I thought yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah. Well, you don't know if it's all over the world, do you? Like it could just be could just be in America. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Could just be in America. Yeah, it could just be that one asteroid that hit. Yeah. And you know, um they they can't we know that they can't swim now, so we know if it did was just America, we would be okay because you know, we're on yeah. an island. Or you could yeah. be in a submarine. Oh, be yeah. Right. yeah, you'd be all right. Probably plenty of people. <laughs> um Yeah, so like I always like a good sort of, you know, Chaos, the world's falling apart. Um, yeah. Intro. Uh, I was like, that's you know, in those these sort of films, that's always my favorite sort of bit. Yeah, it's like yeah. how they sort of like set up the premise for the rest mm. of the film. But what was really cool about this one is that we already knew the premise. Pardon me. It was just more of like context. Yeah, it's filling in some of the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it made it better that you already knew actually. Yeah. Because me too. When you 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 know your natural reaction to that situation is to run away and scream or get in your car and drive off. And yeah. it's just completely the wrong thing to do. It's, it, it does amaze me, like, because well, John um, instantly, like, sort of gets the vibes that you shouldn't use. I don't know, like, is it because his daughter's deaf and he's, like, trying to tell her to be, like, you need to be quiet type mm. thing? Or does he just clock on straight away that, like, it's signed that triggers these things? Like... But I guess you wouldn't make a sound anyway if some sort of predator thing was like hunting you down. I think. I think. Well, yeah. I think because he goes, in, they run into the pub, don't they? And they're yeah. hiding. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And if if a monster's hunting you down, you try and be quiet. But then, because that girl's phone goes off. Yeah. And like, I wonder if that makes him suspect it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then you know when they're like running away and like it's still chasing them because they're obviously making signs. Yeah. And then they, obviously the guy like get he, they jump behind that and then you know whatever yeah. like the like I don't know it's it, it was interesting I think also like it was I think it was like such a nice way of introducing Cillian Murphy's character like they didn't um, need mm. to like spend ages on it they just need to be like oh by the way yeah he's always been here and you're gonna meet him sort of later on mm-hmm. yeah um, and I find that a lot of films especially if like because Cillian's gonna be a main dude isn't he. Like I find that they seem to like shove that in you in the like the what the viewer's face. Or I was like, this is who he is. Like, look at his family. This is the context of him. And it's like mm. you didn't really get that. They just were like, here you go. Like, use your imagination. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and like a shy friend of the family as well. Like, because he knows yeah. him and he he yeah. tries to speak in sign, doesn't he? At the start, yes. And like yeah. she teaches him dive. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Just like so, there's obviously a connection. It was obviously a weird one, mm-hmm. but mm. yeah, 
and then I thought like when they met him and like obviously they met sort of apocalypse version of Cillian Murphy's character like instantly you, you got the like the guy that was that you saw at the start was a completely yeah. different human being yeah. like he'd gone through you know yeah. like the Abbott family clearly obviously had gone through like traumatizing things but they they were they were you know, nothing in, in comparison to Cillian Murphy's character because he'd literally lost uh, everyone, yeah. yeah, and anything. Um, and he was living in a what was it like an, an abandoned factory? Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. with a um, it was probably like a steelworks, I would have thought, with a big yeah. boiler like that, maybe like a bakery or something. It's got kilns, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pot yeah. replaced ceramics, yeah, 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 like a foundry. I, the intro, I do really like the intro. You can. There are holes that can be picked in it if you really want to pick holes in it. Like, like what do you mean? Uh, I mean, like, I mean, and, and it's hard to know because obviously it doesn't, it doesn't tell you. But like, you watch that massive asteroid or whatever it is. Yes. Yes. Right, and you would think that an asteroid that big would cause like a shock oh. wave or something yeah, like that. Yeah, same thing. And so you just like okay, all right, you can get past that. It clear, you know, maybe it landed too far away, sure. Um, but then, yeah. I guess the other one was um, how quickly the the aliens or whatever arrive on the scene. Mm-hmm. So there was other meteorites that had already hit. In, they, they talk about it on the news report. There was other oh, nice ah, other meteorites okay. that had hit other bits of the of uh, america so because i was thinking the exact same thing the shockwave thing was the way this was the bit where i was like hmm an asteroid that big even if it was like miles away like if you could see it yeah. and it's that big like there would be a shockwave yeah but then i sort of thought maybe like is it an asteroid or is it like a spaceship yeah. like you don't it's hard it to be, know could be a spaceship couldn't it yeah like it's, it's you know obviously it's hard to know, but yeah, I do know that, that there was like other bits. But then again, how did they get to the little town so quickly? I mean, they moved pretty fast, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why like the whole thing about the sign stuff, like it's like, did he know straight away? Did he not know? Yeah. But I guess like, again, like this family, they're built for this kind of setting. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, being able to all speak sign language like really is quite advantageous as we find out. So the the daughter being quite similar to the dad, she obviously there, there's like a radio station that's playing this loop, and she figures out that like even though she can't hear it, she she knows like the lyrics or whatever. There's this radio station that like plays this loop, and it's sort of telling them where to go, where like it's all, you know the island. Um, so she sets off to like go to the island to sort of use the over the sea or something. Yeah, over, over the, the sea, sea to 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 use the her earpiece thing to sort of instead of transmitting the song she wants to transmit the sign so that people have a fighting chance against the Mm. the bad guys she sets off with you know but obviously her mum is still she needs to look after the kids the the son had got his leg trapped in a that bear trap thing grim right and when they took it out as well uh, so anyway, the family are stuck with Silly in Silly Murphy's like little hideout, and then the girl goes off on her own because she's again like like John's character, and then what is it that uh, Emily's character sort of says 
you need to go save her. Like John would want you to do this, or Lee Lee would want you to do this. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you don't know what it's like, man. Like they're all bad. Everyone's bad. You don't know. You don't get it. I've seen some stuff. <laughs> um, and you're like, yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, what happens is the girl, the daughter, and Cillian Murphy's character end up traveling to to the island, don't they? Or you you start their adventure is that they end they end up going one way, and then so you've got two two splits. So one story is like the family who are stuck with the baby in Cillian Murphy's like little hideout, and then the other part of the story is is uh, them venturing to like Frodo with the ring and. Uh, <laughs> Gimli the Elf and uh, Aragorn uh, going to Elm's Deep or whatever. Absolutely. Um, but at this point, like, not really anything sort of happening. It's quite... You see a lot of the, the stuff to do with, like, playing with sound again. Like, mm. it's a lot of the, the, you know, the sort of where she thinks that she's lost... Is it the earpiece? Or she thinks Cillian Murphy's character's, like, gone on... on off somewhere without her and you just hear like it's just yeah. deafness which is like well like yeah. no sound um, I thought was absolutely awesome yeah um, mm. and, and when she's on her own like oh even just when they're together like they they play so much with that sound yeah. stuff don't they um, more so I think than the first film maybe yeah definitely mm. they, they do major on it more as well don't they uh, yeah yeah the thing like because when she's in the train and you hear the monster like coming down and then it just yeah. cuts it out and you're just watching the screen and you yeah. sort of it's sort of you can hear thuds which is probably what she might be able to pick up through her bones oh uh, yeah 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 you would but you like would feel it. is you know it's just so effective isn't it and just being like oh gosh yeah. like and it sort of climbs onto the train and she doesn't realize it's there for a bit mm-hmm. does, yeah it's crazy it's, um yeah I really like I, I I do really like the deaf thing and the fact that they have the sign language like like it, it's really I think you could you could put that in and make it like a really like rubbish representation of it like in a rubbish mm. like you know sort of like almost turn it into like a bit of a gimmick but like it's done so well the sign language mm. yeah and it, like quite naturally I think yeah mm. um. And like she does an amazing, amazing job as a her name is Millicent Simmons. Yeah. Um, and she is like I mean, not to say that Noah Jupe, so he's the that's the the, the other son. <laughs> yeah. Not to mm. say that he does, isn't a good actor, but she is very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's a very good actress. And like I think the jump as well, especially from this film uh, from the last film to this film, mm. she's just like she carries it in a lot of ways, I think. Her and Cillian both yeah. do such a good job. Emily Blunt's always good, like yeah. um, and I think mm. John, her husband, knows knows how to get the best out of her and the best out of her like as a as a performer. Um But anyway, the the story follows on through and that they they're sort of get to like a boatyard and you haven't met any like these crazy humans that Cillian Murphy um was talking about and then you end up meeting them don't you at the shipyard or the the where the boats are um like obviously humanity has been twisted and turned 
and only the bad guys remain. Uh, um, I was saying to Jamie, like, when we came out the cinema, like, these bad guys didn't seem too bad. I mean, they, like, from what they showed, they stole the cochlear implant and, like, kidnapped the girl and left the guy with bells on. Mm-hmm. But compared to, like, The Road or... Oh, absolutely. Or the crazy guy in Quiet Place 1 who was just like, uh, who wanted to kind of, oh, like, flip, kill, yeah. kill people. Um, Like, these seemed on... Obviously, you know, there could have been worse stuff that happened beyond that point, but they seemed more on the tame scale of the crazies that you've seen in these kind of post, post-apocalyptic type films. But Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, they, I guess there needed to be something to show that there were other bad people in the world. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering whether whether that bit was needed or could it have been done better? I felt like that was kind of like the, the weakest sort of bit of the film for me, that whole bit on the dock. So, for, for, for me, like, I think... Again, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy that bit. But the the thing I did enjoy was like, or at least it sort of teased that Cillian Murphy like had really. I was like, at one point or another, was he one of the crazy people? Because he knew he carried himself pretty well, and he knew exactly mm. what he was doing. Mm. Um, and I was like, oh has this guy been through the ropes? And I really thought that the film was kind of going to go in that direction, whereas, like, he would be a more, like, a Joel character where, like, oh, he was a bad guy, Mm. and then he became good. Um, But it doesn't, you know, it obviously doesn't touch on it again, but that's kind of what I took away was, like, if they do a third film, is the third film going to be, like, oh, by the way, Cillian Murphy's, like, like, a badass Maybe maybe the third film will go back into Cillian's past like it did with um when it went back to the baseball match and the day of the like day one, it'll go back to Cillian's maybe day three hundred where everything went mm. uh went wrong. Cause for he him and his family. He has a brother in the yeah. Air Force, doesn't he? Like Yeah, yeah. He found out in the first one. You do. So maybe like there'll be something mm. of that. And his, his his wife got sick or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, the corpse. Ugh, yeah, that they find. It was only in there for like a split second, but that was like proper psycho moments. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Mrs. Bates. So that's <sighs> that's like kind of the thing in it. So like the during this sort of boat scene again, John does it again. His team do it again. Where because he, he did this in the first one where they split parties up and you're mm. viewing the the different parties doing the different things all at the same time and the tensions building as together. So like, obviously like Emily Blunt's character is like gone out to get like O2 for the kid in the little box so that they've got this little box to keep the baby in that keeps them, mm. keeps them quiet. Um, and then obviously Antibiotics. the sun goes out and ventures out anyway. So one of the creatures comes and you're watching the sun who's sort of like losing oxygen because he's hit, he's hidden in this big bunker thing. Um, and then obviously like you watch Emily Blunt's character facing off against one of these scary monsters and then they're obviously being attacked in the boatyard. And they do that thing with the sound again where she shoots the this the sprinkler or something like that. Um and then like they can't hear her, can they? Because the, the, the mm. sound's like dripping everywhere or whatever. Um 
because they did that twice. There was two oh. parts of Jules' storyline going on at the same, like a moment of action happening in one place as well as another place, mm-hmm. and it was like, uh, like the tension just builds up throughout all the different things that they do to prepare. Oh it. yeah, For, yeah, yeah. Like the first time around, I thought, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. The second time around, it's like, is it? So is it, every time a moment of tension <laughs> happens now. Is it going to be a dual thing where there's a tension thing happening with uh, Cillian and the girl and then Emily Blunt, likewise? Yeah. I kind of felt like once was okay, twice was a bit... Blah, 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 like Not to say that it didn't work, but I thought it was slightly mm. unoriginal. Um, because he'd done it, it before. Yeah, it, I think in the final bit where... They are like where Emily Blunt's um, trying to like kill the uh, the creature, and uh, likewise, uh, the daughter's trying to kill the creature in the radio lab. Um, yeah, like that bit worked quite well work together. But the first time they did that, I thought they could have just left it for the end and done something different. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause that that they because the the Cillian and um and the, the daughter end up going to this island and there's like this whole retreat and everyone's sort of on this retreat and everyone's fine, but they end up accidentally bringing across one of the monsters and the monsters start sort of tearing it up on the island. But the monsters don't swim, so that's why they knew that it was safe for them to talk in the island. Anyway. And the dual storyline thing, I mean I know this is what horror films are sort of built on, like people making stupid decisions. Like, but you know about the guy, uh, yeah. The the like, son decide. Oh, I'm on a. Go on, you got. Uh, oh, oh no, yeah. Well, I mean that as well. Um, uh, yeah, you you do yours and I'll do so mine. So the son, the son, like you know, his mum's gone out to get oxygen and antibiotics. Yeah. Like the the daughter's off with Sylvia Murphy, and he's in charge of a baby, and mm-hmm. for some reason he just decides to leave the baby and climb yeah. out with an injured yeah. foot. With an injured and you're just like okay, I know this is, I know this is, you know, you have to reveal things, you know, Jesus, like to to Cillian Murphy's past, you know, I know that's probably the only way you can do it unless you get Emily Blunt to do it. So you have to reveal that sort of stuff, but like really, mm. like I don't, yeah, it's fine, and it's fine. You know, do you know the guy as well? Like the guy in the car, like um, when they drive to the radio station, yeah, and, he, and he gets there, and he's got this really like, like really aggressive, like yeah. we're gonna kick some ass, like yeah. character. And then he, they get in there, and then he suddenly stops and goes, "Wait, yeah. my child, or whatever, or like not my yeah. child, but like oh, the, he must have gone back." And it's like, what? You've not even really processed what's happening right now. So why are you processing this? That mm. felt very rushed to me. And then he ends up getting killed, and it was like, oh, like. I feel like you could have done more with that guy. I think he he had a lot longer on the screen than than yeah. you give him. I felt like he was going to yeah. be seen as into the next film and be like part of the crew that's going to do whatever is yeah. be happening in the next film. But he went out way too quickly. Um, and I think he's a, I think he's a fairly well known actor. I think I've seen him in a couple of different things. He's in, he's yeah. in Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah, it's like Gardens of the Galaxy. Is it Jimon? Kwanzu, Kwanzu, Anzu. Yeah. He's in, a, he's in a lot of films, so he's in um, Blood Diamond as well. Like, he's a, he's a good actor. That's what we know. There, the, 
let's talk about the final scene because we, we might as well wrap it up. Um, but the final scene is like essentially they bring back John's theme, the piano theme, and then the daughter and the son at the same time kill the uh, the monsters using the sign thing. And for me, what I sort of took from that was like that was very much like a revenge moment where like the daughter and obviously the the son obviously had to watch their dad die and they're both being like no like you don't get that like you don't get to do that and get away with it so then they ended up using the crazy sign thing over the radio to like kill the monsters Mm. um which i thought was like a nice touch i thought it was like that's pretty cute they brought that theme back and also um, they both got revenge and it was sort of like, you know, they're they're not kids anymore. They're like adults. And it felt very much like uh what you call it, what's that? What's that film? What's that T V program? Uh with the kids. Strange things. Strange things. Yeah, it felt very stranger things, I think. Yeah. Um which is cool. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be disappointed if another film was based around the Abbott family and like their story. Mm. I'd be I'd be okay with it. So what what are your predictions for part three? Like, how do you reckon the story's going to go? It's either going to be, like, a silly... Depending on whether... Because apparently um, John John's coming back as, like, an executive producer. But depending on how much involvement he has, it's either going to be, like, a Cillian Murphy, like, kill fest. Right, or yeah. it's going to be, like, an Abbott family continuation. And they're just going to completely ruin it. Because, like, it depends if it picks off picks up exactly where it finished. I think it should. Where they're they're both separated currently and they're trying to get them back to the island with the baby. And the kid with the dodgy foot. Or it goes more like long long term and it's just like the annihilation of all the aliens and they'll make some special sound gun that'll like shot shotgun them with a sound and then they'll just like shoot them in the head. Great. Yeah. yeah, I just think like you can't do a part three and it not to to take the formula of the first and second film mm. and continue that. I think yeah, it would be cool if like I like the idea of them starting apart because in both films they've started together. Yeah. Like I do quite like that idea. I I sort of feel I wondered if the 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 baddies would come back because that's a very poke like. You know, again, it's another post-apocalyptic thing. There's always the the nasty yeah, people, I mean. yeah. And like, we well, you know, are the humans the real monsters? Um, but like, yeah, like I wondered if they'd they'd you know, go into that a little bit more. Yeah, um, I I did. Yeah, I think they could do. I do think that was like one point. I guess I would like to make is that like it's nice that you know in a post-apocalyptic world that there was more nice people than there yeah. was, like, bad people. Yeah. That felt pretty good. Very positive compared to... Oh, yeah, when they got to the island and it was just, like, people being normal, you just, like... Cause, uh, and, and when you were sat... Because I don't know about you, but when she was sat on that log and, like, when they were sat around the fire, I was like, is this going to... Are they going to yeah. be cannibals? Yeah, yeah. Love it, right. love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Are they like <laughs> you've watched Walking Dead enough like, yeah. to know that sort of and the road cannibals are everywhere. You just know because it's just yeah. So, so go on, go on, go on. If Quiet Place number one is a say eight nine out of ten, 
Yeah. Where where would you put this? I think it's like a seven. Seven? Jamie? Yeah. Uh if I mean if it's a if it's an eight on if the first one's an eight, I'd say this one's a seven. If the first yeah. one's a nine, I'd say it's an eight. Yeah, I'm agreed with Jamie. One one below. One below. One below. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, same, same. Um I think it's you know, they're they're both very watchable. The first yeah. one's like quite um pure as a film. It's got a good start, middle and end. And you know, you, you could have had it left it at that. Um this one, you know, there's still probably it's left some things sort of dangling. Um so it kind of leads on to needing a third one to to resolve everything. But yeah. One point off um for some slightly cheesy moments, but besides that very I enjoyable. I, I, yeah, I think like to what like when Heather and I like left the cinema, we were obviously having a little chat about it. And I think like as a pair, they come pretty well. Like you would definitely do it as like a package, wouldn't you? You wouldn't mm. And obviously, I know that's so silly to like say because every trilogy or whatever, every you know, you know, second film should come with it. But I do find that, like, you know, for example, um, maybe not Lord of the Rings, but like, there's other trilogies out there, other like you know, second or third or fourth or fifth films that like don't really gel as well together. Um, but this is just one of those films that I think works. And because the 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 stories like like um, like Lord of the Rings, um, because they basically start the second one starts exactly where the the last one f- finished off. It does just connect the two very well together, and it's like very one. It's like one giant story that's sort of continuing on, and that's kind of nice because you don't. I don't think you always get that with films nowadays. Mm. Um, yeah. So cool. So it's getting the uh, movie quest seal of approval. Go. Watch A Quiet Place 2. A Quiet Place Part 2. Not A Quiet Place 2, because that's the wrong film. You'd be... But a Quiet Place to poo. Obviously, watch Quiet, Quiet Place. Place 1 first. Yeah, if you've not seen that, you should watch that, because you would be... I mean, if you if you do it the other way around, please email us um, at the podcast at themoviequest.com, because we would definitely like to hear your thoughts <laughs> um, on that. Or you could follow us on Instagram. At the movie quest. Anyway, this has been a wonderful episode. And Jamie, I just want to... We're going to have you on more because our uh, beautiful young old boy um, is going to, on sabbatical for a wee while. So Jamie will be on more. And um, we always liked having Jamie on. He definitely is better at reviewing films than I certainly am anyway. Definitely. Uh, is that only because I watch films though? And you watch TV yeah, shows. Yes, so I only why I literally watch TV programs. Like, oh gosh. I mean, I did watch a film, but I think we're going to use it in um, in the uh, sort of series. So I didn't want to, you know, spoil it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, listeners. We enjoy making this podcast for you and each other. Ta-ra. Bye. See you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.